Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. You're muted, Tracy. How about that? I'll do it again. <sighs> I, I am so thrilled to do this show each and every week. It's a live show, so we don't care what shenanigans happen because our mission is very clear. We use technology, community, and positive psychology to help good people do great things. And today I'm actually doing a Facebook Live as well, which I rarely do, but I actually just participated in this, in this um, community called Beyond TV that was like, hey, just step out and do those things that you're uncomfortable with. So I'm comfortable making videos, but not comfortable putting them out there. So today we're doing another live TV. So welcome to those watching us on Facebook Live in the Beyond TV community. It's, it was such an amazing experience. And right now we're also live on YouTube. So if you want to join us, you can join us on KKNW, what is it, 1150kknw.com. Or Nathan, you can tell us what number they can call if they want to talk to these amazing people and be a part of the conversation. What phone number is that? Those phone numbers are 425-373-5527 and also toll free in Western Washington, 888-298-5569. So we're going to have fun today. So again, today's topic, go ahead and show the fire again. I don't see it. Um, I don't see it there, but maybe it's, it's going to be there. There you go. Our topic today is angels among us. Great people helping others to live their best life. Angels among us. And you guys are all so special in so many different ways. We're going to talk about a number of things, but when you think about helping others to live their best life, oftentimes that's just telling your story telling your stories and helping others to live their best life. So we're going to start with Kitty Ward and Ron Ward. We're going to go to you and put this back on speaker view. And we're going to go to you two. And I'm going to have you two, you two are my favorite people. I adore you. I'm going to have you introduce each other. So first I'm going to have Ron Ward. I'm going to have you introduce your beautiful bride. Good afternoon. Hello there. Looking good. I like y'all in that black. Thank you. This is my beloved wife, my core, my center, Reverend Kitty Ward. We have been married for 42 years, and uh, it's been a blessing every year all the way through on this journey. Uh, I could not be more blessed than have a life partner like her. We, sit, we share similar goals with regard to wanting to make a difference with the human beings around us and in our community and beyond our community. And I'm going to uh, defer to Kitty right now and then perhaps uh, we can talk about the Agape House. I, I to totally, we gotta talk about the Agape House, but I'm gonna have all of you talk a little bit louder. Like you're gonna feel uncomfortable, but I'm gonna have you basically yell. This is my first Facebook Live. And so in order for your voice to go from this computer over here to my phone, we're gonna make sure you're, you're, you're talking a little louder. We just did this Be On TV boot camp is what I was in and I'm broadcasting live on that boot camp because basically they, they said, do what you're afraid to do. And I've, I love doing this show, but I've never put it out there. So I'm doing a Facebook Live because this message matters. And, and, and the whole project of what we're doing is how can we get voices like yours faces like yours, lessons learned from each of you out into the universe. So I need you to speak up so everybody can hear because we're, we're taking this one as far as we can take it. So Miss Kitty, I'm going to have you now introduce your husband. Oh, Miss Tracy, did you hear what he said about me? It was wonderful. Did I heard it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard it all. He, I heard it all, but 
but you're softer spoken than him. So I was actually saying that for you more so than him. I oh. think he was by the I think he was about at the baseline as low as I would like for him to go. But oh, you're you you're even softer spoken than he is. So I was slipping that in for the for the common good for everybody who speaks <laughs> from this moment on. So yes, Miss Kitty, we heard it and it was marvelous. And there's more to come, I know. <laughs> All right. I'd like to introduce everyone to the most honorable Esquire, Ronald Raymond Ward, Mrs. Ward's, my mother-in-law, mother-in-love, son, her eldest son. He is my heart, my honey, my, oh, he is everything. He's my honor. Uh, he has covered me. He has kept me. He has heard me when others haven't. He has, so it's, it sounds like it's all about me. And maybe it is because I couldn't do it without him. And because he is, and because he does, I'm able to give back to him in ways that help. And we've done this for 40 oh, years. I don't know why he tells how many years we all, we've been married, but we, I was of course his child bride. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, uh, and we, this, you know, when we, when we married, I'm just going to tell you a postscript of when we married, when we were getting married, we had a, an assortment of people in the Berkeley Hills. And uh, there were people in one room taking bets that we wouldn't last. And there were other people in another room praising God. So wow. this man has been my hero. I love it. And you, you, when you, when you and I met, and we were talking about your husband. You told me he's he's reached some pinnacle. He's not just an attorney and esquire, but he is. Tell me, tell us about what he is and what he's done. Well, this is the first African American president of the Washington State Bar. In a hundred and forty. Can you speak a little bit louder? Sure, I'm going to say it really loud. I need you to uh, represent. Is <laughs> the first African American president of the Washington State Bar uh, that they've had in 114 years. Wow, 114 years. First African American president of the Washington State Bar Association. Association. So not just an attorney, but a top of the line representing for his community attorney. We love that. We love that. And thank you so much. I'm going to do some more introductions. We're going to come back to you guys. Married for 41 years. You definitely have some stories to tell. Um, go to the next couple, Michelle Calloway and her husband, Jerry Bowden. Bowden? Bowden, that's correct. Bowden, I had it right. All right. So um, I'm going to have you two introduce each other as well. And, and, and um, I'm going to have you, Jerry, introduce your beautiful wife first. All right. Hi, I'm Jerry, and this is my beautiful wife, Michelle. Uh, my beautiful, lovely wife, Michelle Calloway. And uh, not only is she uh, a beautiful wife, she's a female tech founder. She's also the CEO of our company called Revealio Software and Media Solutions. And uh, she's just an awesome, awesome woman. And I love her a lot. So I just want you to know that. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. All right, Michelle, introduce your handsome husband. Well, this is my very handsome, very amazing husband, Jerry Bowden. He is a author, a speaker, a singer, and the president of our technology and media company. So he is blowing my mind and many other people's minds right now. He's getting ready to launch his uh, book called Wish Sandwich next month. And um, it's all about empowering that, uh, that concept of moving out of a ghetto mindset into stepping into your glory. So. He is, in my opinion, an angel among us, and he is also um, my best friend, and uh. my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> he's my he's my rock, and he's also my um, biggest encourager and and a cheerleader in life. I I, I love that. I love that. My honey's standing here as my cheerleader, and he's actually in the Facebook Live. I hope you know that. It's okay because you're you're handsome. I just want to make sure you know for in general. Um, <laughs> It's all good. He's standing there cheering you guys on. He was loving you guys talking. So this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. That, that was lovely. Now, Miss Jen Sawyer. I called Jen Sister Sawyer, Sister Soldier. I met Jen as a part of a racial equity and inclusion initiative that I'm leading. I reached out to some individuals around this topic of achieving racial equity and inclusion in business, education, wealth, and health. And I met someone, Angela Lane, who actually referred me to Jen as someone who was an ally and an advocate. And so we had a one-on-one -on -one conversation, all the videos of these individuals. I, I had a longer conversation with Kitty and I've had Kitty and, and Ron and a longer conversation with Michelle as well. So we have longer videos 
uh, on, on our YouTube channel, which you can find us at It's All Bigger Than Me uh, on YouTube. But we pulled out some nuggets from you and you're like a sister soldier. You were like not, I mean, you were more, um, I would say intense than I am. I like, to, I like to approach racial equity and inclusion in a way that is mild, that it's palatable. And I heard you say, what did you say about your shop? I'm gonna have you introduce yourself and tell us why I consider you an angel walking among us. What did you say that happened around the George Floyd time frame when someone was talking to you about what was happening and what you said about your shop? I was trying to remember because I've had so many conversations, but- um, about, yeah, the ma- about, the match, about the match, about the match. You don't have to also tell me to raise my voice, as you well know, as you well know. But um, I'm Jen Sawyer. I'm the owner of Pit Up Salon in Seattle, Washington. And uh, I do, I have spent my life doing a lot of um, speaking up for racial equity, um, just social justice in general for all marginalized communities. So that's just been my life's like really mission since I was a little girl. And I don't know where that comes from, but it's just deep within my soul. But in my salon, you know, we talk about everything. They always teach you in beauty school, never talk about politics, religion, and all that. But that's all we ever talk about, sex, all the things. But in my (laughs) shop, I had somebody come in and they were talking to me about the riots and the protests and how they're really tired of the violence. And it's just so unfair that businesses are being burned down. And, you know, of course, it's terrible and nobody likes violence. But I just looked at my client and I said, I love you, I respect you, but I'll tell you right now, if somebody wanted to burn burn my salon down and it would save one black life, it would be worth it. So I agree, no one likes violence, but at the end of the day, that's what it takes to save lives, then that's what it is. So it's like, I try to have open conversations. I try to do it respectfully, letting people be where they are, right? But also pushing the envelope for people to think outside of maybe what's their comfort zone and also putting their shoe, you know, themselves into the shoes of another human being and what they're going through. So I'm just kind of a natural empath and I try to share that in my salon space so that people can open the door to conversations that might otherwise feel uncomfortable, but I make it comfortable somehow. It's a magic, magic power I have. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that so much. Thank you, Jen. So I'm going to go back to Ken and Ron Ward. We're going to come back to you for sure. I'm going to go back to Ken and Ron Ward. So this show is going to be a compilation of, again, angels that walk among us. And so when I was talking to the two of you earlier and we were talking about your marriage and we were talking about the, um, 41 years that you've been together. And I asked you about your success strategy. So when we when we bring you on the show, we have to give the rapid fire answer so we can get through as much as possible. I'm gonna still refer them to the full video of you guys, which is on YouTube. Again, it's all bigger than me, find them on YouTube. But give me the rapid fire answer, Kitty and Ron. Go, going back to you, what would you identify as your key success factors as it relates to you being together for 41 years? What do you think has, has kept you together? Let me clarify. 42 years. Well, let me get it right. 42 years. Thank you very much. I stand corrected. I'm very proud of that. She stayed with me. Speak up. I can't hear you. I'm very proud of that. She stayed with me. (laughs) I love it. Okay, speak up and tell us, both of y'all, start with you, Ron. Tell us what would you identify as, no, actually, I'm going to start with Kitty. I'm going to come back with you for a slightly different question. Kitty, you had some really, some amazing answers as we were talking. So, Kitty, what would you identify as the one thing that you believe has kept you two together as advice very quickly for those watching? Oh, we uh, refused not to love. We we made love our foundation, our hashtag, our everything. We uh, patient uh, not what you mean. You said this to me. Uh, uh, backed it off. Pride. Let let what God was doing in us work through us. Uh, not perfect, dear God. Not perfect let uh didn't let the sun go down on our arguments that was hard um the um kept voices um as a female in the in the unit of my society my culture said shut up you want to keep him be quiet be cute be quiet be, be be submissive and shut up and i'm married to this very uh incredibly brilliant and energetic and mercurial man, and you want me to be quiet? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so moving right along. But he, in his graciousness, and in his his ability to, he wanted the marriage. I don't think Mm. people can do a marriage without wanting it. Mm. And I think you have to want the marriage and the unit more than you want your your right or your Mm. 
position or your whatever for that moment. I think you have to commit to each other. And I think that's a God thing. I love I it. I love it. That, that's perfect. I, lo I love that. Ron, I'm going to ask you a similar question uh, as it relates to relationships and as it relates to this idea of you two coming together and staying together for 42 years. I know you told me about a, a medical situation. They can they can watch the details on the, on the video, but give us the real quick summary of how did that keep bringing you closer together? Because right now we have couples that are dropping you know, on the vine, basically, based on the pandemic, they're together, they're, they're stressed out. So how did a major medical situation, how did that bring you closer? And what advice would you share with others? Well, I, I think that it was a catalyst to greater growth and maturation. Speak a little bit louder for me. I think it was a catalyst to greater growth and maturation in our relationship. Um, I had to undergo a process of greater growth and maturation with regard to relationship individually uh, and I think when we talked earlier I indicated that I think one of the secrets to relationship uh, lasting relationship is to strive to continue to be not just to love but to be in love oh. uh, I unashamedly uh, confess to being a romanticist I love just bringing gifts on no particular uh, uh, anniversary or birthday or anything like that just to say honey I love you uh, I love it and I think that's I think that's very important no. uh, I no, was told in 2013 that I had a terminal condition um, and that I should uh, begin to think about uh, my affairs uh, I actually at one point sat down and uh, sort of penned up the notes for what I wanted to be my memorial service everything from uh, Tchaikovsky and Satie to Thelonious Monk and John Coltrane. All right. And, uh, you know, I am not religious. I am spiritual. I have a very, very, very strong belief in God. And I have a life partner on this finite journey we call life, who also does. She told me that I was going to be fine, that there was more for me to do. And the day that I found out that I had no trace of this and there was going to be no relapse, uh, and there has not been, she, she simply said, I told you, honey, and I said it all. Mm. I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay, we're going we're gonna to come back to you, too, in a second, because, again, what I love about you is you just the, 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 there's such positive energy that comes from the two of you. It's amazing. Miss Michelle and... Um, your, your handsome husband. Uh, can you two tell us, I know Michelle, you, you, I'm gonna start with you because you were married pre previously and your husband passed away, if, if I understand that correctly. And then now you're with another amazing gentleman. Can you tell us what you would identify? You were decades with, with both. So can you tell us, what would you identify as the secret to success in a relationship? A long-term, happy, loving relationship. Well, I always believe that if you really want a successful long-term marriage, you need to look for somebody who can be your best friend, somebody who can be your advocate in, in, in troubled times, somebody who is not just, it's not just a hot sexual relationship. It's built on so much more like best friends. They, they, they aren't easily replaced. Um, you know, I've seen so many people go through so many divorces, they're off marrying the next person, but they're not taking enough time, in my opinion, and especially in our dating scene today. I don't believe people are, they're not taking enough time to truly and authentically get to know the person, the person. I mean, there's the honeymoon period, they say it, it's the honeymoon period for a reason, because people can pretend to be something that they're not. But when the true colors are shown to you, is that what you signed up for? So, you know, take your time, slow it down and just allow, if it's meant to be, let it kind of take its time and, and simmer, you know, it's like a, <laughs> a slow roast. <laughs> just hilarious. I love it, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's an idea that you need to really, really, truly give um, breath to the life of the relationship. You need to let it breathe and, and let it can let it grow. And to become I love it. Much more. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you to step over there here. So you're in the camera here if you want to step over there. 
You got to hear me. Thanks. I got someone trying to get out of the kitchen. So I'm trying to say you're not trapped. You can go. Uh, so thank you very much for that, Michelle. And and um, thank you. I'm supposed to be welcoming Facebook and YouTube. I'm getting signed. I'm getting signage here uh, being produced to me. So for those who just joined us, apparently we have a number of people joining us on both Facebook and YouTube. I wanted to thank you for joining us. What you're watching today is, um, we'll call this show Angels Among Us. And so we're talking to a group of amazing individuals that are amazing for a number of different reasons and a number of different ways. But what's common about them is they are they 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 are focused their life on helping others in a number of different ways. So we're going to transition to talk about how they're helping others. So Miss Jen, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you to ask you about an experience that you've had as it relates to. Um, and, and, and the reason I'm coming back to you, husband, I need you to get a song ready because I'm gonna have you serenade your wife. We're gonna, we're gonna so just get your, get your vocal. I don't want to put, put you on the spot. I'm gonna just bring Jen in, then I'm gonna come back to you. I want you to sing a real short clip of some song to your wife as, as a loving serenade. You ready? You gonna be ready? We'll come back to you. All right. Um, show the fire real quick again for me, uh, for the audience, real quick, Nathan. Our, our promo for today. Thank you very much. I forgot Jerry's name. That was the truth. Thank you very much. So, <laughs> and I got to be able to call you out. So Jen, tell us real quick. I pulled you into an initiative that I'm leading and I'm going to have everyone else kind of mentally think about this concept of achieving racial equity and inclusion. And, you know, there, there's a lot of things we could talk about as it relates to this. Part of the conversation to me was when we saw all saw George Floyd get extinguished on national television. There's so much about that that was disturbing. And there's also so much that has happened since then that wouldn't have happened had that not occurred. I think we can all we can all agree with that. We, we're, we're in a very unique time in history that right now, I think we, we really have an opportunity to truly change things. And we talk about the importance of telling our stories. We talk about we, there is a way for us to achieve racial equity and inclusion in all the systems, in business, education, wealth, and health. I'm not talking about the legal system. I'm not talking about the criminal justice system. That's one that I don't have experts in, no, no expertise in. It's a bigger, multi-jurisdictional conversation. But as it relates to business and education and wealth and health, there's so many things we can do right away. So much training that we can provide to leaders about how to make their businesses more, um, more inclusive, et cetera. So Jen, we brought you in because, I mean, you, you, you experienced voices that you hadn't heard before. Can you summarize for those who didn't have, have an experience what we uh, produce, uh, this, this Bigger Than Me success series, can you summarize why this conversation is so important right now and what advice, what would you say to other allies and um, advocates about why they should get involved, why this conversation needs to be elevated? Well, it was really interesting because since I last spoke with you, Tracy, uh, for those that didn't see the last um, session that we had in, uh, I guess it was September, right? September 9th. Um, I was part of a large business networking group where it became very, very clear after George Floyd's murder that um, there was some major systemic racism problems within that organization. And as a small business owner, um, you know, I really valued the community, but I saw this as like a problem that needed to be tackled. So I started to sort of champion um, a council locally in the Northwest to address some of these issues um, and try to get conversations started uh, to really help create more of an inclusive space for um, minorities because we're such a white organization. And in doing that, it ended up being that my group, um, we kind of escalated things to literally the president and the, and the CEO of this huge global, not, you know, huge company. And um, at the end of the day, uh, after many months of trying to get some sort of indication of change being willing to be taken on, um, I ended up, along with 33 other people in the Northwest, um, standing in solidarity and leaving the organization. And so it was a pretty major hit to the membership here. And even in doing that, it didn't necessarily feel like that was making an impact. Like, I, I felt good doing it, standing with um, 
the members of color that I would support and, and letting them know that like, I'm here with you, whatever you feel we need to do to make a statement and to make a stand, like I'm going to do that alongside you. So like I was just there to be uh, really their support, really not to lead it, but to like really follow what they needed. Well, I ended up actually, since I spoke to you last, Tracy, I ended up after leaving, quitting my position with the company because I worked for the company that this was an issue. I was a member of the organization as an independent business owner. I left after 14 years of membership, essentially, and being an employee for two years. And a week after I left, because I continued dialogues with the people nationally that were sort of involved in the diversity efforts, um, I got a call from the president of the company on my cell phone. I was in the middle of doing hair. He texted me and he was like, hey, Jen, it's, you know, I didn't, I won't name the organization or his name, but he was uh -huh. like, can we talk? So I called him and um, it was really impactful because he basically, after I kept continuing these dialogues and kept communicating how many barriers we were facing of the inherent bias and the covert racism that exists within this organization and the leadership had here and their failure to really hear members of color and their and just you know what wasn't even able to just hear it just take it in it was like he started to recognize oh like this is a much bigger responsibility on me as the white leader of this company to actually educate you know these regional directors because he he just thought, oh, everybody wants to do it. this work, but he and didn't right. understand, like, there's a lot of right. entrenched bias. So so even though I'm gone, I'm not in that organization, the work we did and the push that we made, it oh. made a difference. And so I do know that he now understands from his level down how much work he has to do to actually affect this issue within this organization. And I believe it will change faster because of that you know, decision that we made to stand in solidarity and leave. So, you know, you I sometimes do all this work and you, and you think, God, is it worth it? But it really is because oh. at some point you're going to get through. And we I did get it. through. So that oh, was oh, a huge win. I love it. And one, I love it. Thank you so much for that. One of the things I know you said earlier to allies was the fact that we need them because... We need allies. We need people to just realize that it isn't that hard to be a voice for what's right and for and for good right so we need like and to your point tracy you said at the very beginning you're like oh you know i call her sister soldier and you know i i don't tend to go and and really just bowl over things right around racial equity work but that's you know i'm in a place of privilege to do that and that's exactly why i should be doing it because i don't have to be labeled as an angry black woman because i'm not a black woman Right, I can be an angry white woman on behalf of black women. And I get to be that voice because I am in a place of privilege. And, and hopefully that place of privilege doesn't exist forever, but right now it does. So I'm gonna leverage that, you know, and that's what I'm gonna try to do to affect change. So, you know, people that are are scared to be a voice, just trust me, I've been doing this my whole life. It's not that scary. I mean, the worst right. that's gonna happen is you're gonna know who the racists in your life are, then you're gonna know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, the worst <laughs> that's gonna happen by being a voice is you're gonna find out who's racist. I mean, period. So like, it's better to just suss them out, you know, especially here in the I Northwest where everyone's kind of passive aggressive. <laughs> Don't, I, I love know. it. And one of the things you said that was just about the numbers was, black people cannot change this problem because we're in the minority by definition. By definition, statistically speaking, you cannot overcome this majority white country to get your own rights that you deserve. I mean, that's just what it is. So white people have to be in this fight. They have to Thank be. You. Love yeah. it so much. So now I'm going to go to Michelle Calloway and her handsome husband, Jerry. Um, Jerry Bowden. Yes, Tracy. You are a beautiful couple. You're a biracial couple. Love has no colors, clearly. What, what what kind of conversations do you have amongst yourself as it relates to this topic? I mean, you watch George Floyd die as well, and you're like, Lord, help us, Jesus. I mean, come on. So what would you, what would you, what do you guys say to each other? Well, we just had a conversation today about uh, racial inequity, and we both realize and both agree that, uh, you know, change needs to come about through the majority, like uh, the, the young lady was saying. And, you know, a lot of uh, white people don't realize that they are um, 
privileged. They they don't realize that uh, black folks are are at a disadvantage, and so it, they need to be educated, and they it need to be brought to, it needs to be brought to their attention. But then again, it has to be done in a way that doesn't make them feel that they're being attacked. Mm, I love it. Michelle, you're nodding your head. What do you got to say on this topic of how do we achieve racial equity and inclusion and why this is so important? Well, like I was mentioning to him too, I, I was raised in a home where I wasn't taught to treat or see diff people differently based upon height, size, color, race, gender, whatever. I, I wasn't taught that. I was ra raised on the West Coast. Um, but it wasn't until the whole George Floyd thing came about that I realized that there still is such a predominant issue happening in which I would never have seen it because I am in that privileged category just because simply the color of my skin, which kind of is just like, really, we're, we're still not where we're supposed to be. It's very, uh, it's kind of nauseating that there's still this racial hatred stuff being taught in homes. like. You know, at some point I heard from people like, oh, all the old good old boys, you know, the old good old white privileged boys are going to be all gone pretty soon because they're all getting old and dying. But the fact that I've seen so much of it rise up with this climate that we're experiencing through, some people blame it only on leadership, but the reality is, is like, ew, but it's the people that are still feeling this. And just, Did you just say ew? ew. <laughs> Did you just say ew? There's some other things happening here. I'm going to go to Kitty and Ron real quick. Thank you for that. Thank you for that for both of you. I'm still going to, we're going to end with you singing. Um, so just think of a good song. We're going to end with you singing. And because because basically this is about love and we, we've had this conversation. I'm going to go back to Kitty and Ron. And when we had our one hour first of many conversations, you guys talked about you know, your family commitments to each other, how you focus on asking people to step up. Kitty, tell us what your step up, love up, and there was another one. Wake up. <laughs> tell us about your, your concept of what advice, what would you say directly to someone, an ally right now about why this is so important and, and why we need to work together to achieve racial equity and inclusion? Kitty or Ron? I, um, Racial equity and inclusion, uh, we're offered a, a unique opportunity that has not been uh, present for decades with regard to racial equity and inclusion. I'm gonna have you speak up just a tiny, tiny bit. Actually, I'm gonna have you speak up a lot. We're, we're, we're offered a unique opportunity that has not been present for decades with regard to racial equity and inclusion because it is the George Floyd event has caused people not just to see, but to begin to observe, to be begin to question. But racial equity and inclusion, I think for us is grounded in both history and economics. Great economic largesse may evolve from this time in our history for community organizations, but it is not enough for them to just accept that money and move forward with that particular community organization. I think we need to couple that with something like empowerment zones in which people who do not have the skills and the abilities and the education in the background are trained to develop their particular uh, companies, are trained to prosper them, are trained to sustain them such that their children, their grandchildren, their neighbor's children can inherit and develop an independent intra-community economic platform. I love I, it. I, this is, this is, uh, and I'm not using this in a, in a, uh, from the standpoint of, you know, catchwords like capitalism and socialism, which right. we don't know anything about. Right. In the first place, uh, this is an economic capital society. And that's what it takes to build wealth and to build independence. I love it. I love it. Miss Kitty, we're going to talk a little bit since the name of this show is, it's about angels among us. You're an angel. And a lot of the work you do is to help others, right? And so when you think about racial equity and inclusion, it really is about people who are stepping up. And you have an organization called the Agape House. Why don't you tell us about the Agape House and how, and the work you're doing in the community? All right, well, I'm just going to piggyback for a second also, yes. um, Tracy, on, on what Ronnie was saying. Basically, yes. 
what we have found is that people right now don't understand what happened with Mr. Floyd. They, they it didn't it didn't hit them like Rodney King did. It didn't hit them like Emma Till did. It it seemed to have made a difference like it's never made in the decades of this country. And what we have found is kind of a I think a knee-jerk reaction by those who feel guilty, as you know, we were hearing the young sweetheart talk about who owns the, the beauty salon. People want to do something. They don't know what to do. And so what they've done in the past, even when Martin Luther King was around, is they found a way to throw money at it. So they throw money at it and they, they think then if they disperse it to a, a few numbers, then it, it, will, it, will, it will make a difference. But it isn't that. It is that we have with the Agape House, let me, I'll bring in, I'll bring in our, I'll bring in our, our so, so what is the Agape House? First of all, right. what is it? We, we came together several years ago because we kept seeing young women of color, black and brown in particular, who were in the life or who had been sexually trafficked and who were working women. And what we found as we looked into it further, that even the FBI said that foster care is a pipeline for sexual trafficking because unfortunately foster care kids come through the system in such a way that they normally don't get through high school only 50 percent of them graduate high school so we said let's help them get a ged get a diploma and get into the mainstream kind of then they, we found that they didn't they were underemployed we found that there was housing that wasn't being offered to them. Yes, white privilege is a thing. And even in the social service system, our youngsters who are in a situation where they're homeless are often not found to be recipients of services where uh, they can get the, the short-term housing. Our housing is oh. non-time limited. And for a long time, we were given, you know, what, what do you mean, black and brown? And we were saying, we're not racist, honestly, we're not. We're trying to serve those who are underserved and overrepresented. We have 7% of the population in King County and in Seattle, too, that are African-American. And yet, there are 40 to 45% of the kids who are, who are in juvenile detention or who, women who grow into going into prison, jail, a purdy, those, those are, those are black kids. Those are black people. Those we call that the school to prison pipeline. Exactly. <laughs> school exactly. to prison pipeline. So basically, if you think about some of the work that's actually, some of the work that's actually happening, you know, again, you guys are working for social justice. You're working to help to right some wrongs, some things that are known to be to be challenges, and you're doing it in a number of different ways. And, and I and I really do appreciate it. What what can people do to find the Agape House? Can you spell it? Can you tell them what your website is? How do they find you? Okay. I know how to I know how to spell it, but I want to make sure this is radio and and YouTube too. So go ahead and call it out. Be specific so they can find and learn more about what you guys are doing. It's a Greek word that means God's love, and I I always I'm tickled when someone says, "Oh, Miss Kitty, I really love the Agape House because." <laughs> So it's a g it's www.agap like Paul E House Inc. You um, just your voice just went from a ten to a point two. So right. I'm gonna say it for you www.agape agape dot no sorry www.agape house dot oh, uh, house Inc. Dot oh Inc. Mm -hmm. org. Okay, perfect. So it's www.agapehouseinc.org. Got it. Thank you very much. Thank you. So so we want to make sure people find you and can support you. What do you need? Do you need funding? Is, is that what you need to support the work that you guys do at the Agape House? Because again, I think supporting foster kids and the numbers are clear. That's what I think about this concept of equity and inclusion. There are still people who don't think that there's an issue with equity and inclusion, yet you give metrics like this. 7% of the population, yet 40 to 45% of the kids that go into, into some type of um, system whether it's foster care attention right are black That's so right. and we know i mean there's tons of research around around the school to prison pipeline and so so i just want to say thank you for the work you're doing you're angels among us for those women who are being sex trafficked because they to no fault of their own were in foster care to no fault of their own were in a system that didn't support them for no fault of their own right and, and they end up being sick thank you 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. And, and, and just as a postscript, our youngsters that go into the life of sexual trafficking or, or go into the life, some of them don't consider it sexual trafficking. They, they start off in the massage parlors or in doing a little uh, dance here and there. Right. Uh, they, they do it primarily often because they're... Um, trying to make some money, right? They're trying to make some money. They're 18 and they're still a freshman. And right. sometimes what happens is they get tossed around from house to house and right. school systems, unfortunately, are not going to accept all the credits. Right, right. It becomes horrific. Right. Um, I'm right now I'm with two young women who are looking for houses and, 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 and they would love to come into the Agape house, but we do not yet have our house. We lost our house because the person who was renting us the house could do it, could get better could get a mm -hmm. okay so let me just put a let me let me just put a general plug out there for the agape house uh com. a-g-a-p-e-h-o-u-s-e-i-n-c.org yes and the agape house oh there you go it's t-h-e the agape house there you go theagapehouseinc.org and agape is spelled a-g-a-p-e I, Katie, love I want to connect with you because I used to teach beauty school uh, for Seattle Vocational Institute down. And a lot of my students were women exactly like you're talking about. Many had been trained to work the streets by their own mothers, right? right? Like they, some of them came out of foster care. And so I am very, very close to my heart. Also, I was a victim of sexual abuse throughout my whole childhood. So this is something that I personally invest a lot of time and energy and money into helping women like this. I had a different situation because I am white. I did have two parents, right? It wasn't like I was on the street, but I know that pain. Yes. And I would love to connect because I also, as a side business, flip properties. Oh, so if there's a way that we could find a way to get you a property from what you're doing, I think that work is so important. So I want to I wanna connect with you offline. All right. Oh, you see, you see, you see how the universe provides. Do you see that? Literally, you see how the universe provides. What I love about this, the reason I call this angels among us, you're you you this this is meant to be a call to action to those watching, to those who will watch, to those who will who will bring this 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 forward. The books that we're writing, as you guys know, I wrote in one book, a compilation book called Ignite Happiness. And it really was about finding joy no matter what's happening in your life. I'm writing in a few other books now, with the newest, the, the, the last one being around Ignite Inclusion. But we're also writing a book around, it's basically called Loving the Journey and Living the Dream. Right. So no matter what's happening, how do we take lessons learned from each of you? You just said, Jen, you you lived a life that was like that. And you're now helping others. Yes. Loving the journey and living the dream. Basically, it's about using love and helping others. And you're angels among us, each of you. And I'm just so, like I said, so blessed to be to be in a position to even have this kind of conversation. So I'm loving it. Michelle Calloway and Jerry Bowden coming back over to you, too. Michelle, I didn't give you a chance to talk about uh, equity and inclusion to 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 the extent that I know you're also doing some great work in the community as well. Would you like to talk like to talk about your nonprofit real quick? And then Jerry, I know you have a book. Do you have the book cover that you can share? No, it hasn't Do been not. published yet. No. It hasn't been okay. published. It won't be published until November. Oh, you okay. want me to pull it up on the computer like I did last time? I can pull it up in a minute. If you, if you want, you can while you're talking. If you if you can. Um, um, go ahead and email it to, 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 to Nathan if you want to, but don't worry, if you can, that would be great. But go ahead and tell us, um, tell us your thoughts about this concept of achieving, no, 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 sorry, tell us about the, the, the nonprofit that you, that you run. And, okay, so Jerry and I actually are co-founding, yes. it's called the Tech With Heart Foundation. So we have a technology company called Revealio. And we were out demonstrating this technology to business owners as a means for them to be able to, you know, enhance their human connection across portals, even across oceans. And I was hearing from business owners that they were saying, wow, technology, man, it's amazing. But at the same time, they were very like overwhelmed by it. Um, so then in, in 2018, we started the Tech With Heart Network, which is more entrepreneurial focused. But then this year we launched the Tech With Heart Foundation because we know that entrepreneurialism is maybe a goal for a lot of people. We can lead them in that direction if they don't want a J-O-B, but they wanna be making an impact in the world. A lot of entrepreneurs are doing what they're doing to impact the world. 
So our second tier of the foundation beyond the entrepreneurial network is going to be called Tech With Heart Institute. And it is going to be, we're in the San Francisco Bay Area and we see a lot of young people underserved. The word underserved is, is exactly what we're seeing, um, especially when it comes to the young black kids in the, in the area. And it's not necessarily any fault of their own. It could just be circumstances. Maybe they aren't able to fully focus on school. So their grades aren't up because they maybe have had to go work in a part-time job or uh, you just don't even know what their home life situation is. But we definitely want this vocational institute to be a training ground for them to learn media, film, journalism, web design, digital marketing. We want to build that institute right here in the San Francisco Bay Area and focus on drawing those young people to us to give them that work experience that, I mean, how frustrating is it? You, you get out of high school, you want to enter a trade, but they're like, well, you don't have any past experience, but nobody's willing to give them the experience. So in this institute, Tech With Heart Institute, we are going to provide them with skills training, I mean, enhance upon what they've already learned and also get some life skills going on for them to help them break out of that ghetto mindset, which is what Jerry's book is going to help also be. Um, it's his life story, but at the same time, he grew up in the, you know, in the ghetto in New York and now has experienced the full transition into glory. And that looks and feels very differently of the glory part to everybody, but he's got an enlightenment phase of his life that he would like to I share with young people. Like hopefully they're going to want to step into I love it. it themselves. I love it. So Jerry, I'm going to have you take one minute to tell us to, at the most, to tell us about going from ghetto to glory. What, what, what was the one tip that you would share? If you had 60 seconds to go back in time and whisper in your own ear, what would you say to yourself? What do you wish you knew then that you know now on your journey to going from ghetto to glory? Well, I think what really changed my life from going from the ghetto mindset to glory was the fact that I was able to get myself uh, educated. I had to hit rock bottom, got into some trouble and things like that. And then um, I realized that I needed a job that was going to help me um, sustain my family. And so I decided to go to school. So that was my transition right there from ghetto to glory. But my book I, is called Wish Sandwich. Wish. And if you are familiar wish. with wish sandwich, if you're familiar with the saying, it basically comes from being poor and it describes you having an end slice and a beginning slice of life and wish you had some meat in between. So that's, that's the metaphor that I use in building my book or telling my story. I love it. And you have an amazing story. Michelle was telling me that you, you, um, you were in the foster system or something as well. Is that I was right? In a children's and you, home. In a, in a children's home. And then you went into the military. I'm going to give you 30 more seconds to tell us that story. And then I'm going to circle back around. And we're going to end in love with you singing to your wife for the last 60, 60, uh, 60, 60 seconds. So just real quick. So is that, is that okay, an accurate representation? I was, I was homeless in Brooklyn. And I was walking in downtown Brooklyn. Had no money, no nothing. And I saw a sign that said, Uncle Sam wants you. And uh, I walked into the recruiting station. How old were you? How old I were was, you? Uh, 16 years old. And uh, the guy, the recruiter said, hey, you have to be 17. You have to pass the test to get in. So I said, okay, I'll go ahead and do that. So I took the test. I passed the test. And he said, well, you have to have your parents' signature and you only can come in at 17. So I went and found my mother I hadn't seen in 11 years. And I had her sign me in. She reluctantly want, signed me in because she said she was saying, there's a war going on, you might get hurt. You know, and I said, hey, there's a war going on in Brooklyn. I need to get out of here. So I ended up uh, leaving Brooklyn for the military and I spent a, a tour in Vietnam and uh, a year, a couple of years in Korea. Yeah. And I spoke Korean fluently and I started even singing Korean. Uh, mm. And they mm. called me the Miguk Namjinia, uh, which is uh, an American, uh, American singer. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like I said, you're going to get to prove that in about one minute. So we're going to circle back around. Thank you so much for that. So we're, we're going to circle back around with, again, starting with um, Kitty, going to Jen, and I'm going to have you sing, sing us out uh, something loving with your beautiful bride. You have a song you want to sing? We might have some music accompaniment. Yeah. Sing Always and forever. Always and forever. Nathan, check it out. See what you can do for us. Okay. <laughs> Kitty, um, 
What final word of advice? And again, we're going to have you guys back. We have a full one-hour interview with you guys, and we're going to have even more time with you. And we're bringing these words of wisdom into books. But if you had to just say your final 30 seconds, literally 30 seconds, what would you say as a couple, as advice that you would give to others on living their best life right now? Mm-hmm. As a couple. Go ahead. Uh, don't stop. Don't be defeated by minor setbacks. When James Thomas, the gentleman who first rented us this house he owned, uh, it was very dilapidated. We got volunteers, furniture companies. Uh, they completely rehabilitated okay. this for the Agape House in order to make it suitable for the young women. We had three young women in with a three-bedroom house. Oh, and all I three- love it. All three of them. One got her GED. Oh, I, lo- I love it. I'm gonna have to cut you. I'm, I'm gonna have to cut you off. But again, we're gonna bring you back on. We're gonna talk way, way more about about the Agape House. I promise you. You just told us we got two minutes left. Jen, thirteen, fifteen seconds. What words of wisdom would you say to allies about why they should get involved? Uh, I because without allies, change can't happen. And All I right. also I love wanna it. say my love- biggest thing right now that I'm doing is to focus on supporting. Black and brown owned businesses wherever I can. I love so it. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I love it. We're gonna bring we're gonna bring you back, I promise. I mean, we're gonna bring everybody back. Michelle Calloway and 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 handsome husband, yeah. Jerry, sing us out. Love it, love of your wife. Forever, each moment with you. <laughs> sing a little louder, Jerry. Like a dream to me. That somehow came true, and I know tomorrow will still be the same. Cause we got a life of love that won't ever change, and every day, love me your own special way. Melt all my life away with a smile. I love it. That was so beautiful. <laughs> keep saying it. Keep saying it. We're going to let them close this out. You can stop us when you want to. to tell me you really care and we'll